0: On May 1, 2023, officers at the St. Paul, Minnesota Police Department received a call regarding a missing person. The caller, Marvin Starin, wanted to report his daughter, Manija, she goes by Manny, Starin, 33 missing. The caller said that Manny struggled with drug addiction and mental health issues. She was supposed to go to drug treatment, but never showed up. Marvin last contacted had contact with Manny on April 18th by phone. Manny seemed paranoid and afraid and the caller believed that her fa- that her daughter was afraid of her boyfriend. Officer spoke to the father of Manny's son. He had also not heard from Manny, which was out of the ordinary for her because she usually checked with him because of her son about every 8 hours. He was very concerned for Manny's safety. Manny told him that she had lost her wallet containing her credit card and EBT card. She went online and saw that her EBT card had been used, but she never reported it to police. She called him from various phone numbers, but the last call was on April 21st. Manny told him that Joe, her current boyfriend, had once wrapped a rope around her neck. Things got out of hand," she said. She ran from the apartment, but he was under the impression that this incident was a few weeks ago. Investigators then spoke to the neighbor of Manny, who reported that she had previously saw her with a black eye and red marks around her neck. She she asked Manny if she had been assaulted, and Manny said yes. The officer, the neighbor offered to call the police, but she asked her not to, stating it'll just make things worse. Investigators spoke with the apartment manager and learned that Manny had a boyfriend named Joe, who frequently frequented the apartment, but's not on the lease. The manager provided a phone number for Joe. Investigators were able to determine that the phone number belonged to Joseph Jorgensen. Hello everyone, I'm Linda Hubert, and you are listening to Beware True Crime. If you could please do a huge favor and hit the like, share, and follow buttons, I would really appreciate it. Now, this case is ongoing, so I'll give you the facts, I've read the warrants, and we'll go over some of them, but some of this is also my opinion of this guy. As always, do your own research, but I do want you to take a minute to... And Google Joseph Jorgensen to see what he looks like and you'll understand why as the case goes on. Now buckle up and let's get started. The manager of manny's apartment complex was shown a picture of jorgensen and she confirmed that was the man that she knew as manny's boyfriend an apartment surveillance camera is located right by manny's apartment on may 24th investigators learned that the apartment manager had located surveillance videos of manny running from her apartment on april 21st jorgensen ran after her grabbed her, turned her around, and pushed her back into the apartment. Manny was last seen entering the apartment April twenty first, 2023 at approximately 6 p.m., but there's no video showing Manny ever exited the apartment again. Several videos showed Jorgensen coming and going from Manny's apartment between April 21st through the 28th. She determined that Jorgensen accessed the apartment 28 times during this time frame. She said that Manny only had one set of keys to to her apartment. Surveillance videos showed Jorgensen using the key to enter the apartment on each occasion. Surveillance video also showed on April 28th, showed Jorgensen carrying two duffel bags and a suitcase from the apartment. He loaded the baggage into the pickup truck bearing Minnesota plates. He then got into the passenger side and the truck drove off. Investigators later found out that the truck belonged to Jorgensen's roommate. Nobody besides Jorgensen ever entered Manny's apartment after she disappeared. An officer made entry into Manny's apartment with the property manager. A window screen to the bedroom window was on the floor. A TV in the living room had cracked screens in several places. The manager said the screen had never been previously cracked. The glass to the microwave was broken and appeared that it had somebody had tried to clean it up. The bed sheet in her bedroom was partially removed and a foam pad on top of the mattress had a huge hole cut out of it and removed. There were red stains on the foot of the bed. Officers obtained a search warrant to process Manny's apartment for forensic evidence. A warrant was executed on May 25th. Crime crime scene technicians located evidence of large amounts of blood in the apartment living room, primarily on the couch, in the floor of the living room, and in the kitchen. It was apparent that somebody had attempted to clean up the blood. It is believed that someone was seriously injured or killed in that apartment. Preliminary analysis showed that it was Manny's blood. At Jorgensen's apartment at nearby Maplewood, neighbors complained of a foul smell resembling a dead animal beginning on May, May 16th, which the manager told police impacted the whole building. When the building manager and maintenance employee tried to enter his apartment to inspect the stench, Jorgensen was verbally abusive and refused to let them enter a bedroom where the smell appeared to be coming. Shortly after the altercation, Jorgensen was seen by the manager and the maintenance employee carrying a large duffel bag out of the apartment. They commented to each other that it looked like Jorgensen was carrying a dead body. Police obtained a search warrant for Jorgensen Maplewood apartment. On June 26th, the officers served the search warrant. The officers on the scene saw Jorgensen attempting to climb out the back window to escape, but unable to. He at that point barricaded himself into the bedroom and refused to respond to the commands to come out. Police say Jorgensen started a fire in the closet, setting off fire sprinklers in the apartment while dark smoke filled the apartment jorgensen's roommate and a woman who was staying in the apartment were evacuated as other residents in the building and we'll talk about this woman later then swat officers sprayed a chemical irritant into the room he charged out yelling that he had a gun and he was going to kill the police officials say he grabbed one officer AR-15 automatic rifle and attempted to disarm him. That officer was able to maintain control of the gun and the SWAT team got him under control and arrested him. Inside, police found a pool of blood in the closet where he had tried to light the fire. The police also had a warrant for his GPS data from Jorgensen's phone and it revealed that he had been to a storage facility and he used his roommate's name to rent the unit there earlier in that month. The woman that was with Jorgensen had bruises all over her, a red mark around her neck. That sounds familiar. The same thing that the neighbor of Manny saw on Manny. She then told Jorgensen that she then told the police that Jorgen, Jorgensen threatened to kill her. It could could not find that woman and who she was, but she is very lucky the police came when they did. The investigators eventually received a warrant to search the Woodbury storage unit rented in Jorgensen's um, roommate's name, which was opened by a key found in Jorgensen's apartment. When the investigators forced the unit open, they hid an they They were overwhelmed with the smell of decomposing flesh. Inside the unit, police located two coolers and a duffel bag that contained human remains. The Ramsey County Medical Examiner confirmed that it was Manny Starin.
1: Good afternoon, my name is Sergeant Mike Ernster. I've spelled E-R-N-S-T-E-R. I'm the public information officer for the St. Paul Police Department. Uh, Unfortunately, I'm here today to talk about the facts of a tragic ending to a missing persons case that recently ended. Our investigators worked hard to find her, but unfortunately, the end was the worst possible outcome. This investigation began on May 1st when the family of Manajah Starin reported her missing. Manajah also is referred to as Manny by her friends and family. The family had last spoken to her in April, mid-April of this year, and they were concerned for her. They were concerned that she has not reached back out to them and they were unable to contact her. Our investigators opened a case and began looking for her. Uh, That search began where she was last known to reside, which is her apartment on the uh, 1400 block of East 7th Street in St. Paul. Investigators went there and spoke to management of the building and eventually executed a search warrant on her apartment. Uh, That search warrant um, located blood evidence um, and also any other evidence, video surveillance evidence in relation to um, activity around her apartment. At this point, investigators believed a crime had occurred and they had identified a person of interest. That person of interest, Joseph Jorgensen, um, investigators started to look into his connection to Starin, and and possibly try to find him and try to learn what he knew about her. He was the last known person to be in her apartment on 7th Street prior, after her disappearance. The um, the one piece about Jorgensen is that he did not report her missing to police. Instead, um, he just went on with his life without saying anything to anyone. Our investigators focused on an apartment earlier this week, on Monday, um, in relation to a search warrant in Maplewood uh, at an address on Century Avenue. Our SWAT team executed the search warrant on behalf of our investigators. They encountered Jorgensen in the apartment where he started a fire, fought with officers, and attempted to disarm them. Two officers were injured in this incident. Jorgensen was arrested on unrelated charges and booked into the Ramsey County Jail. A search of the apartment did reveal additional uh, blood evidence that we believe is related to this case. As the investigation went on, a connection was made to a storage unit in Woodbury, Minnesota. It was located on the 800 block of Weir Drive. On Wednesday, June 28th, investigators executed a warrant at this this storage unit and did discover human remains inside the unit. Our forensic services unit, as well as the Ramsey County Medical Examiner, did respond to the storage unit and they processed it as if it was a crime scene. The remains in question were brought to the Ramsey County Medical Examiner's Office for further examination. On Thursday, June 29th, yesterday, the Ramsey County Medical Examiner did identify those remains as Manny Starrin.
0: In addition to Starin's death, Sergeant said his department had reason to believe that Jorgensen is connected to another missing person. At Friday's press conference, the one that you just heard a little bit of, they learned of a possible relationship between Jorgensen and Fantana Ziovanni. She was 33 and she was last seen July 2021. A missing person report had not been made until May 2023. The police had reports that after an earlier press conference, a friend of Fanta called the police and reported her missing. Fanta was also supposed to be going to treatment back in July of 21 and never went. She also had a relationship with Jorgensen. A little over a week later, on July 6, 2023, the body of Fanta was found in Coons Rapid Storage. It's a it's a different unit from Manny's, but also connected to Jorgensen. Zevon had been missing since July 2021, and while Jorgensen has not been charged with her mur- murder, Saint Paul police say he's named a person of interest. I'm
1: here to provide an update on the missing person case involving. Fanta Sayavon. Unfortunately, the second time in a week I'm here to report that we found a missing person deceased. Fanta's case began at the end of May when a tip came in to the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension's human trafficking tip line. That tip was from a concerned citizen, somebody who knew Fanta and was concerned for her welfare. They reported to us that Fanta was in an abusive relationship. They they stated that Fanta was in a relationship with Joseph Jorgensen, and they had lost contact with her, and they were concerned for her safety. Our investigators received this tip, and they were in the middle of another investigation where Joseph Jorgensen was a person of interest. So they immediately became concerned for her safety and opened a missing persons case investigation led us to this week where investigators went up to the 9100 block of University Avenue Northwest in Coon Rapids and served a search warrant on a storage unit located um, at that location. Investigators located what they believed to be human remains inside the storage unit. Our forensic services unit as well as the Midwest uh, Medical Examiner's Office of Anoka responded to the storage unit recovered those remains. They were brought back to the medical examiner's office, where today those remains were identified as Fanta Sayabong. The investigators today also served a search warrant in Shoreview at a residence. That search warrant was conducted by St. Paul investigators who were serving the warrant at a home that was previously owned by Joseph Jorgensen. We believed he was in that home until approximately September of 2022. The search warrant was conducted with the hopes of finding any evidence in relation to the death investigation involving Fanta Saeva. Like I stated before, this this all began with a tip. Um, It was a very important tip, one that put us on the path to finding Fanta. Uh, We would encourage anyone, any information about anyone who is missing that has had contact with Joseph Jorgensen to call the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension tip line at 1 877 996 6222. An email also can be sent to them if that's uh, easier at bca.tips at state.mn.us.
0: two families are now forever linked by tragedy. Fanta's family donated to Manny's GoFundMe with a message that said, on behalf of Fanta's family, we would like to send our deepest condolences. With so much love and appreciation, we are able to put our little sister to rest. Jorgensen is charged with Starrin's murder, and he's a person of interest in Fantas. Jorgensen is being held on a $5 million bond. This investigation is ongoing, and police have asked for anyone with any information about Jorgensen or missing people in relationship to him to call the BCA tip line. And that's 1-877-877. Nine nine six six two 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 eight seven seven nine nine six six two two two, or email at bca tips at state mn dot us bca tips at state dot mn us. If anyone. If you know someone or you are in a domestic violence, you can visit the National Domestic Violence Hotline website or call 1-800-799-SAFE. That number again is 1-800-799-SAFE or text START to 887-88. START at 887-88 for help. Advocates are available 24-7 to help callers walk through their situation, connect them with with local resources. There's no charge to reach out for the National Domestic Violence Hotline. Anyone with information, please call the officers at 651-291-1111. Now, I'll keep you updated on this case, so make sure you hit your follow button so you don't miss it. And please, share, share, share. We need to get this story out there in case other family members are missing loved ones. Please do think that there is more than likely other victims, so please share this. I am Linda Hubert, and you're listening to Beware. If you could please hit your like share, and follow buttons. I would really appreciate it. And if you could rate this episode, it would help with my algorithm. Thank you so much for listening. This is Linda Hubert, and until next time, beware.